Happy New Year, Springbrook, right here in the middle. That's where I'm at. Okay. Happy New Year. You guys have a great New Year's? Oh, yeah. In fact, let's just do a little survey here. Uh, if you went to sleep, let's see, uh, before, uh, let's say 7 p.m. Anybody go to sleep before 7 p.m.? How about 8 p.m.? 9 p.m.? Oh, okay. <laughs> 10, 11 p.m., all right, 12 p.m., 1 p.m., oh, okay, got some party animals here, uh, 2 p.m., or 2 a.m., that is, 3 a.m., okay, stand up if you were up at 3 o'clock, stand up, everybody, anybody up at 3 o'clock, okay, all right, anybody, 4 o'clock, Keep, stay standing, stay standing, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, all right, so tell me, <laughs> what were you doing up at 6 o'clock? Um, I don't know, I think we were watching a movie. Yeah, but you're young, that's what it's all for, right? Staying up all night, how about you, Tristan? <laughs> um... Off the top of my memory, I don't know. I was probably playing chess, though. Yeah. That's what happens, you see, when you you stay up that late. (laughs) Well, I tell you what. uh, New Year has come, and and it's an exciting New Year because we all know what's happening today, right? Oh, yeah. We got the Chicago Bears versus the Philadelphia Eagles for the wild card and uh, the Bears are favored. I think the odd makers say the Bears are favored. And, and if you know anything about the NFL, you know that these teams, when they face each other, they do a lot of preparation, a lot of preparation. I mean, they know uh, pretty much everything you can know about a team, all the information you get a handle on. They're studying game films. Uh, they're studying the people that they're obviously offending or or defending, they even have uh, teams, a practice team that's out there, and they will play uh, the, the plays that that particular team is going to play against the Bears because they've studied that. So they get ready in every possible way for this big contest. Well, friends, uh, we are in a contest every day. And probably a better way to put it is, that we are in a war every day with Satan. And Satan wants to defeat us. Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Put on the full armor of God. Now, when we think about an armor of God, There's nobody typically that's wearing armor around here. Uh, So when we think about armor, maybe we should think about uh, a policeman, okay? Oops, there we go. A policeman. Uh, A man who hopefully we don't see a lot of, unless we're friends. (laughs) But uh, Richard is our chaplain uh, to the police departments and Uh, We support him in that ministry as he ministers to people. But when you think about a policeman, uh, they've got a body cam. That's something brand new, right? A body cam. And and they've got a utility belt 
that weighs like 45 to 50 pounds plus the Kevlar vest that they have to wear. So if we were, you know, Tony brought out, what's a policeman? Oh, we know what a policeman is, but what is a, uh, a soldier, a Roman soldier look like? And here is an image of a Roman soldier. In fact, you can uh, look in your uh, message notes and you'll have this picture and hopefully you can use that as a way of prompting you to, to remember that we need to suit up with the, with the armor of God on a daily basis. We're in the midst of a series entitled 21 Days of Dangerous Prayers. Did you know that prayer can be dangerous? Not in a life-threatening way, but the idea is, is that we pray with a different orientation. I'd say most of us, when we go to pray, uh, are praying uh, for provision for the things that we need. Uh, we're praying for solutions to the problems that we face. Uh, we're praying uh, that God would change another person, that type of thing. Usually it's, God, make my life easier. <laughs> God, help me out here. Now, dangerous prayers are, are not, in a sense, centered on ourselves. They're centered on the fact that, okay, I, I, I'm going to step out of my comfortable life. I'm going to take a step out, and I want God to do something special in my life. Uh, there are several different uh, dangerous prayers, and we'll be talking about these. Uh, prepare me, January 6th, that's today. Search me, break me, and send me. So this is a full month series, and we want to pray those prayers. Search me, of course, and say, look within me, Lord. Tell me if there's anything, uh, any area that I need to, to give over to you, any sin that, that I need to be aware of. And the whole idea of break me, that, that's a real dangerous prayer, right? Break me, Lord. Bring an experience into my life or a crisis or whatever, whatever way you want to do it. But break me because I, we know that when we're broken by God, we can serve him even more. And then send me. Send me out. What do you want me to do? When, when's the last time you prayed, God, and said, God, what should I be doing for you? What ministry should I be involved in? What neighbors should I be reaching out to? I, I want to know how you want to use me. Now, also as a part of this focus on prayer as we move into the new year, uh, we have a 21-day uh, devotional that you can start today. Uh, this is a, our website. So if you go to our website under sermons, you can go to the 21 devotional uh, in the lobby. Or excuse me. You can click on the click here, and it will download uh, the ebook that you can use. Or you can go out on Kindle, and for a dollar you can buy uh, this particular book. Uh, you also can pick one up here in the lobby, a suggested donation of $2. If you don't have that, don't worry about it. Just take it because... We want to all be on the same page as we move into 2019 as a church family. And the way you prepare for anything in life is through prayer. Because you want to be submitted to God. You want God to guide you as you move in to the future. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. What you need to remember is that Paul uh, was uh, chained at this time. He was in prison. He was writing this letter to the the people at the church of Ephesus. And and so he was chained to two Roman soldiers. I don't know how much gear they had on, but he was around a lot of Roman soldiers. So it just made sense that he would use that as an analogy as well as continue to talk about it as people would be aware of that. You should be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, this is very important. Uh, We need to stand against the schemes of the devil. Does it say that we should attack the devil? No. No, you don't. (laughs) No. The devil's very powerful. You you don't want to attack him. You don't want to trash talk him. (laughs) But you need to stand firm. The Greek word there is the idea of standing your ground because Satan wants to knock you off balance. Satan wants you to get off the track that God has given you. But you need to stand firm. Stand firm because The devil has all kinds of schemes. The word in the Greek means uh, methods, uh, manipulation, cunning. I mean, Satan knows how to sneak up on us and grab us, in a sense, uh, and lead us in the wrong way. Of course, a little background on Satan. Uh, He was the highest created being. And God created angels. Lucifer, which means light bearer, He was the chief angel over all angels. So more powerful than all angels. He's also been called the ruler of demons, the roaring lion, the great dragon, and the adversary. So again, we need to know our opponent, right? Just if you're playing a game against some type of person or team, you want to know know, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, And how do they go about uh, scoring or whatever it might be? So we go back to the whole idea, the schemes of the devil. And then in in Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, that verse really gets my attention because what it says is uh, Satan is very organized. I mean, he's got a team of people out there, a team of demons, that is. Remember, uh, Satan rebelled against God and God tossed him out of heaven and a third of the demons followed him, or a third of the angels, that is, and they became demons. Now, it's important to remember that, that Satan can't be uh, in one place, or excuse me, Satan can't be on the present like God is. It's not like Satan's everywhere. He can only be one place at one time. Now, as demons, of course, you know, they're covering the earth. And when someone says, I've been influenced by Satan, typically they're talking, talking about a demon. Because, again, Satan is not all-knowing uh, in that way. So we need to remember that he's powerful. In fact, do we have any uh, people who uh, are policemen, policewomen? Can you stand up? Anybody here? Okay. All right. 
Well, the point being is that we wanted to honor them, okay? But again, when you you think about the police or the military, there's all kinds of different ranks. And one thing we know about Satan is he's organized. And it talks about the cosmic powers, the supernatural powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We need to remember that Satan is the prince of this world. That's why when he was tempting Satan, he said, I can give all the world to you because he was the prince of the world. This evil culture uh, that goes around the globe is controlled by Satan. So when you're watching the news and, and you hear of a rape, you hear of a murder, you hear of people stealing, you hear about unbelievable acts that have been done to another person, you know that Satan is behind it. In fact, Satan uh, could say, <laughs> they, said, they could say, this is Satan's uh, broadcast here, and we're just telling you what he's been doing. And he's very active in Washington, isn't he? <laughs> but I mean it. Yeah, Demons are prompting us and trying to move us in different directions. So how are we supposed to respond? 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded. Sober-minded. And that speaks of being serious about something, having all your faculties present. Be sober-minded and be watchful. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, this really gets our attention, right? Anybody hear about uh, the woman uh, who was in North Carolina Zoo, and she was an intern, only worked there for 10 days, and they were cleaning out the lion cage, and somehow the lion got out and killed her. Anybody hear about that on the news? Yeah, that's scary. Wow. I mean, she loved the lion, right? She wanted to care for the lion. Well, when we think about a lion, uh, there's a pretty nasty picture of a lion, wouldn't you say? Now, now <laughs> imagine if someone told you, hey, you're going to go about your day today, and at some point you're going to meet a lion. Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen. Happen at work, on in traffic, <laughs> you're going to have a lion approach you and try to scare you. Now, how watchful would you be as you went through that day? I, I, I would be looking everywhere. <laughs> like, okay, that's cool, that's cool. You know, I get in my house and lock all the doors. But the lion could even be in the house. Now, we don't have to be escape. We don't have to be frightened of Satan. That's the great news. We don't have to be frightened of him because God is so much more powerful. There's not even a comparison. But friends, we need to be aware that there is a spiritual war going on. And have you thought about that this past week as you planned your life, as you've made certain decisions? Has it been present in your mind 
that Satan or his demons could be trying to lead you into sin? And have you even gone to the, the point of, of praying that you would be protected from Satan? Be protected from the lion? Because we can. When we talk about Satan, uh, people become very fascinated uh, about angels and demons. And we should know about angels and demons and what their role is in the world. But the problem is that people become obsessed with demonology and everything that relates uh, to it, and that's not what God wants. The point is to be aware of Satan, but that you're thinking about God so much you don't have to worry about Satan, right? First Peter 5, 9, resist him. Okay, the idea of standing firm. Okay, I've got God on my side. He's protecting me. I'm putting the full armor of God on. And so I'm going to resist you. I'm not going to drop back when that lion comes because God has given me power over that lion. But I have got to resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And that is suffering, really, because when we're Satan, excuse me, when we are uh, Christians, a Satan has our number. He wants to bring us down. He wants to destroy us. He wants to discredit our witness for Jesus Christ. So we need to resist him. James 4, 7 says it another way. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what are we to do? We're to submit ourselves to God. We're going to say, God, I want, I want to follow you. I, I want to worship you. I want to be led by you. And friends, that's the focus you have. Not on, oh, Satan's going to get me, but I'm going to submit myself to God. The challenge is, is when we're not submitting ourselves to God, when we're just walking along and not thinking about God at all and kind of doing our own thing, that is when we're vulnerable. That's when Satan can come after us and attack us. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Again, stand firm. Resist with the armor of God. That, is our, that should be our attitude toward Satan. So I want to go through a passage that's well known to many of you, found in uh, Ephesians chapter 6 in the Word of God, verses 10 uh, through 18. And it tells us that we're to put on the armor of God. And that's what we just read, right? Put on. And when you look at the biblical literature, uh, what you'll see is that many times in the New Testament, it's talking about putting something on or taking something off. So, we put on what God desires of us, how he wants us to live. We put it on, but at the same time, he tells us to take off those things that don't glorify him. So we put on and we take off. I am so, <laughs> it's so good to have you here today, number one. Great way to start the year. And I'm so glad you all got dressed, right? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a cool thing. I mean, if we had a naked person sitting in here, we'd be going, we've got to deal with this issue. <laughs> what, what is going through their mind? You know what I'm saying? And so the idea here is, yes, every morning you make a decision what to put on. And I'll tell you, guys, we do it a lot faster than the ladies. <laughs> right? you know, okay, this pair of jeans still looks good, doesn't smell, I'll put it on for another day. <laughs> you know, all those type of things. Uh, but we, we're, we're to choose to put it on. And, and, of course, you know, maybe we have a routine of the clothes that we wear from day to day and that kind of thing. And uh, so we don't think a lot about it. But we do put it on and we do take it off at the end of the day. So let's talk about the armor of God. This is what we're to put on uh, and take the helmet of salvation. So the... Roman soldier had a helmet. It was made of metal and, and leather. And obviously, you've got to protect the brain because the brain is the most important uh, uh, organ in the body along with the heart. But what we're to put on the helmet of salvation. So, so we're talking about dangerous prayers. We're talking about, Lord, protect me. Lord, prepare me for battle. So what we want to do is put on the helmet of salvation. So the helmet of salvation protects your mind and identifies a soldier's allegiance. So yeah, I'm with God. Uh, The enemy wants us to doubt God, Jesus, and our salvation. And I hope all of you have made that decision to put on the helmet of salvation. It was really exciting over Christmas Eve. Uh, Just a wonderful service. So many people showed up. And we had three people communicate to us that they had become a Christ follower, that they had chose Jesus, that they put on the helmet of salvation. Let's praise the Lord for that. Isn't that great? Yeah, many times people make decisions they don't tell us, but it was so encouraging to me to, to talk to these people and resource them and say, oh boy, I tell you, God's going to do great things in your life. But they put on the helmet of salvation. And the bottom line is, as you know, that when you talk to people about God, and especially Jesus Christ, are they going to heaven? You know you're going to heaven. And again, many people in this area will say, well, I'm not sure I have to be good enough and all type of thing. And what we say is, no, you don't trust in your good works. You trust in what Jesus Christ has done for you. And if you're here today, and if I ask you, Are you going to heaven? And you say, well, I don't know. (laughs) I'm just not sure. You can know for sure today by asking Jesus Christ to be your Savior, to repent, to give up your pride. And we want to help you. Put that down in the communication card if you've made that particular decision. But that's the core right there. We're a member of God's army. The second thing is to bless uh, the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. And having put on, remember, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Here we see an image of the breastplate of righteousness, forgiven, uh, accepted by faith. Satan attacks our hearts, emotions, self-worth, and trust. There's two aspects to the breastplate of righteousness. Now, of course, we know that these are very important organs. These are vital organs, so 
police have the Kevlar vest on, and you want to protect this particular area. Uh, so that's why the Roman soldier would wear a breastplate of righteousness. Again, it was made of different parts of metal and just everything they could throw in there uh, to make it protected. A breastplate of righteousness and friends. For those people who became Christ followers on Christmas Eve, they were given the breastplate of righteousness. Because when they say, God, I'm a sinner and I want to be saved, what God does is he puts on us righteousness. Jesus Christ's righteousness. So when God looks at Dan Harrison, he doesn't see all the sins of Dan Harrison. They've been forgiven, but he sees Jesus Christ's righteousness. And this is so important for us to understand because it's all about our identity in Jesus Christ. Our identity in Jesus Christ. Satan wants to attack that. He wants uh, to, to doubt God's goodness. He wants to, us to doubt what God says about us and doubt God's promises and our self-worth and all those different types of things. And that's why we need to continue to go back to our identity in Christ. If you go on our website and uh, look under the sermons and under resources, you can download uh, a copy of maybe, I don't know, it's 30 things that, that you are because you're a child of God. You're a child of God. You're adopted. Uh, you're going to live for eternity uh, with Him. And, and just wonderful things. And friends, we are all seeking identity. And the older we get, the, I guess maybe the less we look for it. But, but, but we're seeking an identity. Who am I? And if you take what the culture has to say about who you are, you're going to be very depressed. Because there's nobody who can be like that. But again, you need to, you need to build a foundation of, of thinking of understanding that I am a child of God. In fact, when I get up, sometimes I try to say, okay, I'm going to start out prayer here. And what's the most important thing? Is that I'm alive? Is that important? Uh, am I healthy? Is that important? You know, I mean, whatever. But, but as I was thinking about that, through that, I said, no, the most important thing, I'm a child of God. Okay? I'm a child of God now. I'll be a child of God no matter how long God gives me here on earth. And I'll be a child of God in eternity. That is the most, I mean, I can be dead and that's even better because I'm in heaven, right? But I'm a child of God. That should, that's where we need to start out. I am a child of the almighty God and he loves me and he wants to provide for me and he wants to grow me and he wants me to become more holy like Jesus Christ. That's our identity. It's found in the breastplate of righteousness. And we need, of course, continue. I mean, we, we have the righteousness of Christ, but at the same time, we still struggle with sin. So, so our desire is to become more like Christ in our everyday activities and our attitudes and the way we approach our relationships. Romans 12. It's all about the mind, right? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good 
and acceptable and perfect. Friends, it all starts in the mind, doesn't it? Every sin starts with a thought. Uh, yeah, and everything that grows you starts in the mind. So that's why we have the helmet of salvation on. And that's why we need to continue to fill our mind with the things of God. As we look at the wars over in Afghanistan and Iraq, the most challenging thing is that it's urban warfare, right? In a lot of these areas, because the American forces and, and other countries uh, are trying to you know, take out the Taliban, take out ISIS, all those different types of things. And, and so they walk into a city, and in the city, uh, the enemy knows it very well. They probably live there. And they know all the streets and all the alleys, and if there's any subsurface type of things that are there, uh, they know where the best sniping place is. Uh, they know it so well. And that makes it very dangerous for our American men and women who are protecting us and seeking to bring freedom here. And, and you see, Dealing with Satan is like dealing with urban warfare. He knows this world. He knows you and I very well. He's been at it for like 4,000 years. And people don't change much, do they? I mean, we all have <laughs> the same struggles as people did 300 years ago, 4,000 years ago. We don't change much. And so he's a specialist in, in, in who we are as people. But also, I believe there's demons uh, know what our weaknesses are. It's interesting. Can the devil, does the devil know what I think? Well, it's kind of a, the devil is not omniscient anyway. That's the first thing we need to realize. But he can influence our thoughts. And that's a mysterious thing I can't understand. But he can influence our thoughts. And so when you think about that, you go, wow, that's a little, you know, that rattles me a little bit. But, but that's why it's so important. We be constantly filling our thoughts with what God has to say. Reading the Scriptures. I mean, anytime you can get Scripture coming into your life, Christian radio is a great place with so many wonderful teachers uh, and music. Uh, again, anything you can do to get God inside your mind and thoughts is going to protect you from Satan wanting to tempt you in a certain way. And, and Satan can, he can try to put together different situations or bring people into your life that will tempt you. That can happen. So it really doesn't say a lot about how Satan tempts us. But the point is, is that he can introduce thoughts into our minds. And again, we don't need to be afraid of that. But we just need to be aware of it. And as I study this, it just says, oh, Dan, stay close to God. Because again, some of us think of certain sins and say, well, I would never do that. Well, that's where it's really dangerous, right? 
especially sexual sin. I, I would never do that. I would never. No, you could do that. You've got to stay close to God, though, as you work through that. Colossians 3, 9, and 10, it tells all <clears throat> what we need to do. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, right? So you've taken off the old self and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of God. There we see that language of having put on and the idea of continuing to put on the new self. When Jesus Christ comes in to a person's life, uh, the operating system changes in their brain. How many Mac fans do we have out there? Mac, Mac, is it Mac? Okay, can be, be a little more proud here, you know. You paid a lot for that phone. That's why they were hurting in China. We don't talk about that. But uh, <laughs> they're getting really expensive, right? I mean, wow, $1,000? Uh, okay, uh, how many uh, are Windows people? You got Windows, use that? Okay, I'm a Windows guy, and, you know, I Mac people kind of irritate me because their life is so easy. <laughs> yeah. I'm always having problems and things like that, but, I, you know, how many years have I been doing this, right? I, mean, I, had, I had one of the first laptop computers at Trinity Seminary. I was the only guy... Taking, having a Toshiba laptop out at our, our, our classes, and I would just take copious notes. And you know, so I was on the front end. I was an early adopter when it came. I remember it cost $1,000 uh, to buy that computer. But, uh, so all I had to say is that we need to put on, and, and we've got this new operating system in our brain, which gives us the capacity to know God and experience God and draw close to Him. But are we using that? <laughs> whenever, whenever I get a program, or I'm working with a program, I mean, if you're really true, like Microsoft Word, how many hours of training would it take to know everything about Microsoft Word? Oh, mercy. You could go to classes, you could get a, a doctorate degree. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, so the, the, these, these applications are powerful. Now, think about that in terms of your mind and how you process thoughts. Okay? I mean, you need to get that new operating system running. And then, Gary, you don't want to depend upon the old operating system, which we, the default operating system, which we many times will fall back upon. The next thing is the belt of truth. Stand there for having fastened on the belt of truth, and the belt of truth was kind of like the centerpiece of the uniform of a Roman soldier. It kind of kept everything together because he had his tunic on, and uh, it would sometimes be very low, and sometimes he would have to tuck it into his belt when he went in to battle. The belt was really the key part of protecting the soldier, because it kind of kept everything in one place so things weren't, you know, coming out here or there where they could be taken advantage of uh, by the enemy. So put on the belt of truth. Now, look at what Satan, uh, how he operates. Uh, you, Satan, are the father of the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, 
because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's who Satan is. He's lying all the time. He's making promises that he has no intention on keeping because he wants to destroy us. And that's, again, why we need to saturate our minds with God's Word. You know, we think of our, our smartphones. And there's many benefits of a smartphone. But, you know, on this smartphone, I can bring up information about any type of sin. In fact, you know how there's people who want to commit adultery, so there's a website for that, right? There's people who want to do things. There's people who want to build bombs. There's a website for that. Never in the history of the world have we had a device that can tap in to a large majority of the world's knowledge, but more importantly, the evil. This can be full of lies depending on what you're using it for. And I would encourage you as you go into this next year that you think about what you're watching on your smartphone or your laptop or your TV because I really believe that that is Satan's battleground. He just wants us to be sucked in. And some of those popular shows like HBO, whatever, they have, uh, they have scenes of graphic nudity. I mean, it's just out there. And I, I know Lori and I, as we, <laughs> as we look for shows to watch on Friday night, I tell you, I, I, I go to these movies, take them on Rotten Tomatoes, right? And, and then I just say, okay, is there a lot of swearing or is there a lot of sexual stuff and that type of thing? Is this a, a good movie for us to watch? Now, we're not Puritans or anything like that. But I tell you, it's getting harder and harder to find anything to watch. And I'm my age. And the problem with our children is they just kind of look at it as normal and say, oh, you're old fuddy-duddy and your values. Please, if you're a parent, protect your children. Protect your children. Have all the different type of uh, protections you can have on there in terms of certain software or whatever. Just make that happen because never have we been in a, in a time in our world when sin is so easy uh, to engage in and to learn about and, and for Satan to tempt us. I mean, for, for back in my day, okay, we had a TV when I was growing up and we had three channels and we had the radio, okay? So there weren't a lot of different ways that Satan could get the lies to my mind. And I go to school, learn some things there, right? But think about that. The majority of us grew up that way before the smartphone, I don't know, back in 2005, 2007, really took off. But, wow. You know, I mean, you were, you were protected, and now that thing is right there, and I, I really encourage you young people, uh, teenagers, uh, just, to, <laughs> just to continue to learn God's Word and, and become more and more aware of the things that you're exposed to. And that's what I love about Matt 
Pastor Matt and how he teaches our kids to protect their minds because it's an everyday battle. The gospel shoes and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So we have the shoes here the enemy wants us not telling others that uh, God is worthless and hopeless. Uh, the gospel of peace you know, I like to think are the gospel, excuse me, are the shoes of telling the gospel. We need to get out there and tell other people about the, the gospel. First Peter 3.15, but in your heart's honor, Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a person, a reason that is, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. We need to be ready when someone says, hey, why are you so different? It was really neat. I have a, a, a person that I know and that I've had many different conversations with. And the last conversation, they were pretty mad at me because some of the things I was saying about Jesus Christ. And I haven't talked to this person like in two years. But I, I, I pray for them. And uh, I believe it was on uh, a, Saturday, a Friday night. This person called me out of the blue. The last person I, th- I thought them would call me. And he was having an issue. And we talked through the issue. See, friends, that's what it is. It's loving, unlovable people. <laughs> Not all people are unlovable. But uh, loving, broken people and just waiting. Waiting for God to work. Then we have the shield of faith. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. What they would do in warfare that day is they would uh, take an arrow, put some pitch on it, and then they'd light it on fire. So you had (laughs) these uh, arrows coming in that were on fire. And not only would the arrows impact one person, but it really would kind of impact those around them. So how do we stop those? Well, with the shield of faith, the enemy attacks with insults, setbacks, and temptations that protects us from fiery arrows. Uh, Yeah, we need to have that shield of faith. Believe, okay, God, you are the one that I'm going to trust in. Without faith, it is impossible to please him forever would draw near to God and must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek them. Faith is critical. Then we have the sword of the Spirit, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of of God. For the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts of the heart. So here we see the sword of the spirit. This is the only offensive weapon that's, that's given to us. Everything else is for protection. So if you're going to challenge Satan with the lies that come your way, the only way to do it is through scriptural truth. That's why it's so important to memorize Bible verses in your areas of weakness. So when Satan comes your way and tempts you in the same way, just like Jesus did with Satan in the wilderness, you can quote a verse back to him. And if you can't quote the verse, just the general idea or the general promise of the verse. Because Satan's lying to you and he's influencing you. And the one thing that will protect you is The truth is God's word. 
And friends, as we move into this new series, I want to encourage you to be in the Word of God. Be sure to get the devotional. Be sure to get that devotional and read it every day. You know, in the Christian life, when we talk about a time alone with God, a quiet time, uh, some people call it a chair time when you just find a chair and, and you just spend 15 minutes in that chair talking with God, reading God's Word. Uh, that is so important. And again, it's New Year's, so why not you know, start to make that a habit in your life? Uh, because it comes and goes, doesn't it? We need to remember how important it is because Satan is the father of lies. And finding the hands of prayer and praying the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert. There we see again, alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. We are to pray always, right? We rejoice always, we pray always, and we're filled with thanksgiving always. That's how we approach the Christian life. That's how we protect ourselves uh, from Satan. But I like the second part of it. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. We tend to be so self-oriented in our culture, but, but how often do you pray for other people? Now, now, normally, like, obviously, we pray when they're sick or they're going through some type of crisis. That's very important to do. But when I pray for my family... Sometimes I'll pray that they would be protected from Satan. I pray that Satan wouldn't get an inroad into their life. The most powerful thing you can do is to pray for your children. They might be a prodigal far from you, but you still can impact their life. The hands of prayer. So you want to put on the whole armor of God. You'm able to stand against the schemes of the devil, stand firm, resist, have that sword out, the, the sword of the Word of God. And God can encourage you in that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much uh, for this new year. And Lord, we, we have no idea what's going to happen this year in our lives or other people's lives, but we know that you're with us. And that's a confidence that we have. I pray for my friends here, and I pray that they would get this devotional, download it, or pick up a copy, and that they would start off the year strong in walking with you and, and reading your word and praying to you. In Christ's name, amen.